don't pay for materials in advance. Tell them, I'll buy the material. You give me the list. I'll buy the materials. I'll have it here for you on the job, on the day. Because like, I can't even tell you how many people I see, like they're going to charge you X amount an hour. And for three of those hours, I'm going to be wandering around Home Depot. No, no paying by the hour. Are you looking to create more money, more options, and more fun? Hi, I'm Chris McCarron, and each week my guests and I will share our experiences with real estate investing and do our best to help empower you to start creating wealth yourself. Welcome to Women Creating Wealth. If you're ready to get started, visit womencreatingwealth.net. For now, let's jump into today's episode. On this week's Women Creating Wealth, we're going to talk about hiring a general contractor. So last week, We talked to Ann McNeil and she is a general contractor. She has a large contracting company and she talked to us about like how to best work with contractors. But this week we're going to talk about why do I even need a general contractor when I have YouTube and HCTV, right? Well, maybe you don't. But to answer that question, the first thing you want to do is to create a project plan. I mean, you're going to need a project plan anyway, so you might as well just create one now and just list every single thing that you think needs to be done in order to bring this property to wherever you want it to go, right? You know, visually and structurally and all that. And then start asking yourselves, when you get your project plan, ask yourself some questions. Am I materially changing the space or am I gonna do something that's gonna require a permit from a local licensing authority? If you need to pull a building permit, and it's not your primary residence, you might automatically need to have a contractor, okay? And that's the next question is, is your project non-residential? If you have commercial or industrial property that you're working on, no matter what, you're going to need to have a general contractor because no one else is gonna be able to pull the permits that you're gonna need, assuming that you need permits, right? So if you're just doing a lot of cosmetic changes, maybe you're not gonna need this, but these are the kind of questions that you're gonna be asking yourself When you're looking at that project plan, so now say, okay, does my insurance cover anything that could go wrong? So for example, and this is something you might not think about, if you're hiring people like, not that you would necessarily do this, but you can go down to the local building supply store and there's a whole bunch of undocumented workers that are sitting there waiting for jobs. You can throw them in the back of your car or your truck, bring them to the job site and let them loose, right? They might be great if you're doing landscaping, but what happens If you have an unlicensed person working in your house and they get hurt, they get injured, is your insurance going to cover that? They might not. If you're working in another building, like let's say that you're working on a condo, you bought a condo, you want to fix it up. A lot of condo associations are going to require proof of insurance and, you know, making sure that there's a a GC on the job. So you need to find out that kind of stuff. So look at where am I doing this project, right? Am I doing it in a commercial space? Am I doing it in an industrial space? Am I doing it inside of another space that might have its own requirements? Do you need or want a warranty on the work? If you are going to be, for example, selling this place right away, if you're doing some kind of a flip, it can be fantastically valuable to be able to pass that warranty on to the new owner and say, hey, you don't have to worry about this roof. I'm giving you a 30-year warranty that I got from the roofing contractor, for example. That could be really helpful. Or it just might be that you want to make sure that 20 years from now or maybe 20 minutes from now, (laughs) if something goes wrong, that you're not going to be the one stuck fixing it again. And that sort of goes hand in hand with, are you prepared 
to assume the liability into the future. If you do something or cause something to be done at a property that you then sell to someone else or rent to someone else and something goes wrong, let's say something easy. I say, oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to install a ceiling fan in this property. It's no big deal. I don't need an electrician. I'm just going to pop the ceiling fan in myself. How hard could it be? I watched the video. Looks easy. And, you know, believe me, I've installed my share of ceiling fans. But what happens if three months from now that ceiling fan falls on somebody's head? Guess who's liable? Because you don't have the electrician to go back to to say, hey, dude, you screwed this up, right? It's on you. You did the installation. You're the one who's going to take the liability for somehow doing something wrong and and having that ceiling fan not stay where it was supposed to stay. Now, did the person hang on it? Did they misuse it in some way? You don't know, and it doesn't really matter at the end of the day because by virtue of the fact that you did it yourself and you don't have, presumably didn't have an electrician's license, that liability is all going to come back on you. So just keep that kind of stuff in mind. Now you also want to think about how long is this project going to take to complete? And do you want to give up that much of your life <laughs> to make sure that whoever's doing this project is doing it or you know, either do it yourself or the people that are doing the project, you're going to have to supervise them, basically. So how long is the project going to take to complete? And then you want to say to yourself, very honestly, have I ever done anything like this in the, in the past? So have I ever done anything like this before? And that's a big factor. You know, if you think that something seems kind of easy and then you start to talk about what's involved with the people who you're considering hiring, you might discover that, wow, I had no idea. I thought that this was going to be so easy. Like, oh, I thought I was just going to take out this light and put in a ceiling fan. And then you find out there's no box that's there that will support this ceiling fan. And now I have to do some kind of, you know, install something. I have to open the ceiling, you know, because, you know, whatever. Could be bigger than you think, right? So figure that out ahead of time. If you have never done a project like this before, then that's part of the factor that will go into. It doesn't mean that, oh, I've never done it before, so that means I can't do it. No, it doesn't mean that. It just means that that's something you want to think about and factor in. I'm not saying that if the answer to any of these questions is yes or no, that you absolutely need a GC. I'm just saying that these are some things to think about. So another thing to think about is, is there a cost associated with this project taking longer than I think it's going to take or taking, you know, the longer this goes on, is it going to cost me a lot more money? Because in a few minutes, we're going to talk a little bit about some things that a general contractor brings to the table. And one of those is scheduling. So When you're looking at the list of tasks, are there just a whole bunch of cosmetic handyman type repairs, or are you going to need people like plumbers, electricians, et cetera, lots of different trades to come in and do that? And that's kind of the next question. How many subcontractors will you need? If it's a lot, a lot of moving parts, a lot of scheduling, a lot of potential for people to get screwed up. So I went to a job yesterday. Someone asked me to help them to do a home renovation. They have a two family, but they're living in the whole thing. And now they want to make it so that they can rent out part of it. When I looked at the job, the majority of the tasks in there are really just cosmetics. I don't think I'm going to have to pull any permits because we're going to be taking down wallpaper, washing down walls, painting, maybe do take switching out some kitchen cabinets, nothing big. So even though it's a lot of work because it's a big house, 
it might not require a general contractor. And actually, in this case, I'm going to be the general contractor, but, and I'm comfortable doing that because there's, you know, there's not going to be lots of permits being pulled and lots of people doing lots of things. It's just going to be a painter and me supervising the painter probably, and, you know, a few other little repairs. So that's, something else that you want to keep in mind. And then when you look at your list of how many different professionals you're going to need to do the job, do you have connections with those kind of people? Do you know like, oh, cool, I got a great plumber. I'm going to give that person a call. I've got an excellent electrician who I've worked with before. I'm going to just get that person in and I'm just going to supervise them. I've worked with them before and I know it's going to be pretty chill. Or is it just like, oh, wow, I need all these different trades and I don't know any of the people that I'm going to need. So now what? You've got this process of trial and error where you're potentially hiring people who aren't necessarily going to be reliable. And I'm not trying to say anything against the trades, but there are in every profession, some people are better than others. Some people are more reliable than others. And here, this is my (laughs) somewhat cynical question. Do you have unlimited time? Do you have a really flexible schedule that's going to allow you to drop in at different times of the day to kind of see what's happening on the job site, to supervise, to coordinate, and to make sure that everything is going according to plan. One thing I want to clarify, and I probably should have done this at the beginning, the difference between a general contractor and a subcontractor. So it might be obvious from the name, but I noticed that a lot of times like general contractor or GC is kind of intertwined or used interchangeably with contractor. But actually a contractor basically is someone who you just made a contract with to do some work. So you can have a plumbing contractor and an electrical contractor, but those people are not general contractors. And throughout this whole thing, we're talking about a general contractor. And so that person, the general contractor, is the person who's going to coordinate all those subcontractors. So the subcontractor is someone who works underneath the contractor. So it could still be a plumbing contractor, but they're a subcontractor to the general contractor. Does that make sense? And the general contractor is going to oversee the whole job. They're going to coordinate the whole job. They're going to hire the right tradespeople, all the people they need to do all these little jobs. They're going to schedule all those people so that they're all coming at the right time. So there's not a lot of downtime. And the do like the big picture project management They know all the local codes. They know the industry standards. They have a license, a general contractor's license, and then they're going to make sure that all the subs have their own licenses. They have workers' comp for everybody that's working on the job, and they have insurance that's going to cover anything that goes wrong there. They're also taking on the liability of any property damage or injury that happens on the job, and most likely they're going to give you a warranty into the future. You also have to think about certain jobs that you could take on yourself. You may void the warranty if you don't have a license. So for example, if you install, if you do your own roofing, which, you know, might be cool, right? I've done some roofing in my time. You might say, hey, you know what? I just got to, you know, I took out a chimney. I just got to repair this little piece of roof. No big deal. Well, sometimes the roofing company that might offer a 25-year warranty, that warranty might be void if an unlicensed person did the installation. Same thing with like a hot water heater. If you don't have a licensed plumber install that hot water heater, I mean, it's not rocket science. You could probably switch out your hot water heater, although they tend to be heavy. You might void the warranty on that product 
by doing it yourself. So that is something definitely to keep in consideration when you're thinking about, do I need a GC or not? So now let's talk about the good side because acting as your own general contractor has its advantages. Right now, you know, I'm working on this Beehive project. I'm working on this commercial building. So I have to have somebody who has a general contractor's license to pull all the permits or to pull the permit for the renovation, had to have a licensed architect to draw the plans that the general contractor had to do. And then the plumber comes in and he pulls his permit underneath the general contractor's permit. Electrician, same thing. Every, all the trades are now having to pull their permits underneath that person's permit. But I'm the actual general contractor. I'm the one who's coordinating the trades. I'm paying everybody myself out of my pocket. It's not, you, normally you'll pay the general contractor. The general contractor pays everyone else. So anyway, that's something I don't want to go down there, but that's something that could go wrong. If you hire the wrong GC and they don't pay the subs, the subs are going to come and they're going to put a lien on your property. And you will say, what are you talking about, man? I paid that contractor. And then, oops, they you know went off to Indiana or more likely some foreign country and took your money with them. So that's the downside. But on the plus side, if you decide that you want to act as your own GC, that's one of the pluses. You know that everybody's getting paid. Also, you can potentially save money. I mean, obviously, this person who's acting as a general contractor, they need to get paid for their time. They're going to add a little percentage on top of everybody's quote. So let's say that the electrician says the job is going to cost 10000 the, the GC looks at that electrician's quote, $10,000, and they might say to you, 12000 just in case. But they're not going to then refund you and say, oh, it, didn't, it wasn't hard as I thought. Here's 2000 back. No. They're going to add normally like at least 10 to 15% on top of the money that's being charged by that subcontractor. But it could very well be that that subcontractor is charging that contractor a little bit less than they would a homeowner because they have a relationship with them. So you could potentially save money. There is that possibility. And there have been some studies done to show that in general, if you do a great job as a GC, for yourself, general, you know, being the GC of your own job, you can save between 10 and 35% on the overall cost of the project. But you can also lose a lot of money if you're not coordinating things really well. So you can, one plus side to being your own GC is you can learn a lot. You can learn a ton, especially if you have great subs who are going to like help you out a little bit. You can learn so much by doing it. I mean, It might be a painful learning experience, but it'll be the kind of thing that money can't buy. It will allow you to hire your own subs, people who you are comfortable with. If I'm the GC on the job and I hire a plumber who I'm comfortable with, and when you meet with that person, you don't like them, they give you the creeps that you don't want them in your house, you know, whatever. They're not clean or whatever. You you don't like seeing the crack of their butt, you know, on top of their pants all the time. Whatever it is, you're stuck with that person, right? You're not going to go to the GC and say, oh, look, I don't like that guy's, you know, attitude. Get him out of here. they be like, dude, that's my plumber. <laughs> that's the plumber we're using or the electrician or whatever. So there's four great things that I think of about if you're acting as your own GC. You can potentially save a lot of money. You will learn a lot. You're going to hire subs who you're comfortable with, and you're going to have control of the project. So you are going to have control of the project. Now, this is a good thing, and it can be a not a good thing. Because if I'm an electrician and I often work with a certain contractor, a certain general contractor, and that general contractor calls me and says, hey, Mr. Electrician, can you be on this job? You know, I need you on the job Tuesday afternoon at 10 o'clock or 8 a.m. And that person's now working on your job. They're going to say, okay, 
right? What are they going to say? Oh, I've got this other job. No, this person, this contractor, this sub gets a ton of work from this GC. So that GC is going to take priority. And that's where the scheduling thing can come into play. If you are in a situation where the faster you get this thing done, the more money you're going to make, it might be worth your while to hire a GC to oversee the whole job because then it's going to be all their people working on the job and they are going to be responsive, much more responsive to the schedule of the GC than they would be just to some lackey who, like, who they've never worked with before and who may never give them any more work, right? I mean, it's just economics here. They're not being jerks. So if you're okay with potentially waiting a couple of weeks or having somebody come and work for a day, disappear for a week, come back and work for another day, disappear for a week, right? So if this is the person who's holding up everybody else, they're going to hold up your whole project. And there isn't a whole lot, especially right now where it's really tight, right? A lot of the trades are really busy. You're not going to be able to pick and choose, right? So a time when building is slowing down and the contractors don't have a ton to do, you can get a really great person to come in and do your job and they're going to stay, from, they're going to be, go from the beginning to the end, and you're not going to have to worry about it. But in another universe where there's a ton of building going on, or another part of the country where there's a ton of building going on, that person is going to be trying to juggle a lot of different jobs, and the people who they've done business with before are going to get priority. And so this is the first time you're working with them, you're not going to get priority. Sorry to tell you. So those are some of the pros and cons about the idea of hiring, potentially hiring a general contractor. So those are some of the pros and cons. So just to summarize some of the pros and cons of working with a general contractor. One of the pros is that that person is doing all the scheduling and they're going to keep it pretty tight as far as getting your work done. They want to get the job done as quickly as they can so they can get the money and get out of there. So they're going to keep you on schedule potentially better than you can do yourself. They're going to have connections with all the people, all the different trades people. They're probably going to get discounts on material. So that's something actually to take into consideration if you're thinking, oh, I'm going to save a ton of money. Well, if they're getting their discount and they're putting a little addition on there. So let's say I, I have a great relationship with Home Depot. They always give me a 15% discount. And then I pay for the goods and I charge you 15% extra. Did that hurt you? No, because if you go into Home Depot, you're going to pay the same price that the contractor just charged you. So there are a lot of moving parts, a lot of factors to take in consideration. But so some of the pros of working with a pro, <laughs> a GC, scheduling, like insurance and liability type things, warranties, like that sort of thing, like they're going to take on the responsibility of what's going to happen in the future with this project. And also like headaches. So if you have a full-time job, like, so this is one thing to think about, like, in my opinion, is if I have a job, let's say I'm an attorney and I make $250 an hour, is it going to be worth it for me to like try to save $10,000 by not hiring a GC? Probably not, because if you can just go to work and do your thing and make your $250 an hour, you're going to be like less stressed out. And in the long run, it's probably not going to cost you any more money because you're not going to be losing time out of work and whatever, right? So just think about, would it be better for me to go do my profession and make more money there? Or would it be better for me to do this general contracting thing? You know, like I said, it depends on the scope. So pros, like I said, scheduling for sure, liability, warranties, insurances, and hassle factor. Let's, let's say those five things are the best things about working with a contractor. And the plus sides of not working with a GC and doing it yourself is gonna be, you know, potentially saving money, learning a ton, hiring subs who you like and are comfortable with, control of the project, and control of the money. 
right? So remember I said before that the, what if the contractor, what if the GC doesn't pay the subs? You're screwed, right? Well, in this case, you're going to be paying the subs if you're acting as the GC and you're going to know that they're getting paid. If you do decide to do your own GC work, get contracts, get quotes and hold people to them. Don't pay for materials in advance. Tell them, I'll buy the material. You give me the list. I'll buy the materials. I'll have it here for you on the job, on the day. Because like, I can't even tell you how many people I see, like they're going to charge you X amount an hour. And for three of those hours, I'm going to be wandering around Home Depot. No, no paying by the hour. They might say, oh, I can save you money if you pay me by the hour. Like, okay, give me a cap. <laughs> like you're not gonna go above this because otherwise it's just a friggin' free for all. And also, what is the person, always keep this in mind, what is the incentive for this person to finish your job? If you've already given them 90% of the money and they've got all these other people waiting to give them a down a deposit, why are they going to come back and finish your job just for a stink at 10%, right? You might find a whole bunch of stuff undone. So refrain, refrain, refrain from giving people lots of money in advance or even as things are going along. Like all the projects I have going on at the Beehive, I've got people who have worked here for three days, a week. They still don't have any money. Like the painters have been here for two weeks and they haven't even asked me for money yet. Why? because they're professionals. They're not living paycheck to paycheck. They're not living hand to mouth. They're, you know, when, they, when it's done, they're going to give me a bill and I'm going to write them a check, right? The flooring guy gave me 45-day payment terms. That's like a whole nother world from, you know, the guy who's going to say, oh, you know, I need you to pay for the material. I need 30% down or a third down so I can buy the materials. And then I need a third of the money when the work's half done. Negotiate, 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 negotiate. If you're in any position to do that, you want to look for people who are, like I said, not living hand to mouth. They're not saying, you know, oh, you know, I can you just give me $50? Can I get gas for my car? If you're good at your job, you've got gas money. Okay, that's my advice for you today. <laughs> Remember, that's the, that's the watch word for today or the, the watch phrase for this week. If your contractor, if the people who are working on your house are good at what they do, they are most likely going to have gas money. They're most likely going to have money for the material because they're most likely not going to have to pay in advance for the material because they're most likely going to have an account at the various home improvement stores, right? So will that person potentially cost you a little more? Hey, it's always possible. But unless you have tons of recommendations for somebody, I do not recommend paying them anything in advance. That's the voice of very hard, tired, experienced talking. I hope this helps. Do reach out with any questions that you have. I would love to see you do your own GC work. But but like I said, remember, you're going to learn a lot, but that could be a little bit of a painful lesson and it could take more time than you think, more money than you think. But believe me, in the end, you're going to be so glad you did it. Maybe. <laughs> Start with a small project first, work your way up. That's my suggestion. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Women Creating Wealth. For more info, be sure to check out womencreatingwealth.net. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow us on your favorite podcast platform and consider sharing the wealth with someone else who might enjoy it. See you next week.